Hello, welcome to episode four of season four of the Waking Up to Money podcast. And this conversation is about passive income. This whole idea of making money while you sleep. And who wouldn't want to do that? Sounds nice. Yeah, according to Tim Ferriss's four hour work week, passive income brings freedom, adventure, ease, wealth, all these lovely things that as burnt out, exhausted solo founders or freelancers and consultants. Sounds great. Would be lovely. But if we focus purely on the income, it isn't necessarily going to get us what we really need. And in this conversation, we just talk about the challenges of just chasing the passive income revenue model without really having any clear intention as to why you're doing this thing in the first place other than making money and also we kind of touch on what you still need to do if you want to find out how to price this thing that you're selling passively whether it's a course or a product so um, listen on if you want to understand whether a passive income model is good for you and your business and how to price it if you really are going to go that down that route enjoy Good morning. Another waking up to money. Um, Ben's still asleep. (laughs) No, in all seriousness, Ben is having technical difficulties. So hopefully he is going to be joining us soon on Crowdcast. But in the meantime, I'm going to, I'm going to hold space, hold the fort, keep us, uh, going or get us started anyway so thank you very much everyone who is um joining me live to listen in it's always good to know that i'm not alone given that ben isn't here so please say hi in the chat um tell me how how are you feeling this morning um and how is how is it where you are is it a beautiful sunny day hi emily thank you uh is it gray like it is here in brighton is it raining? Um, and in the meantime, I'm going to sort of like set the scene as to what we're going to be talking about today. So today, uh, I wonder if I can do this. I'm going to do something radical. I'm do something radical. Um, I am going to see if I can share my screen. Oh, I wonder if you can see that. Can you see that? Um yeah, so this is a this is an article that was shared with us uh, by Francis uh, Francis Calacci. She is our, on our twenty twenty vision program, and she's also done our waking up to a happy pricing course. Uh, and is this uh, lovely link baited title? My life became richer the day I stopped chasing passive income. Uh, so what we wanted to do is kind of talk about this whole idea of. Uh, well, from a pricing perspective, what does it mean um, uh, to think about pricing when you're thinking about passive income, um, and also maybe just the, the pros the pros of um, following the passive income path, uh, and then just maybe a bit of a commentary on this article actually in terms of yeah what where we thought this was leading uh, and what we got from it. And I see Ben is with us. Hello, yeah, cool. So I am going to work out how to stop the screen share. 
see how do i do that all right hopefully this doesn't uh kill everything yay there we're we back. are brilliant how are you ben i am quite good thank you how are you uh uh i uh i'm 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 feeling more calm my daughter uh told my my wife had to go leave uh for work early so she's up in london and so i was holding the thought having to be the responsible adult knowing what to do and my daughter told me oh it's forest school today and i need to pack lunch what <laughs> said no no when what? it's forest school you forage for lunch now go <laughs> good idea good idea I, i'd see these are things you know if i if i'd knew known that at the time that would have been an amazing response and she yeah. would just be stood there dumbfounded and thinking oh, okay. <laughs> i'll just have a school dinner yeah exactly anyway so yeah after that bit of a uh, that, that chaos of oh my god we have nothing in the house to give you to eat let's <laughs> rush to, well let's rush to waitrose young child <laughs> and, and find you there. A, uh, we will forage, forage in aisle nine <laughs> exactly we will find you a quinoa salad <laughs> <laughs> with roast from the land butternut squash <laughs> and a sausage roll <laughs> so yes uh <laughs> that, that that's how my morning started but now i'm uh i'm child free and i can talk about money and passive income so uh i hope you heard that initial uh ramble of where we were trying to go so um let's start off with the the this whole focus on passive income, which I, I was definitely conscious of when I was an agency uh, mm. founder. Um, and I think it was about that time, the four hour work week and just even just that kind of the possibility of tech and the startup world just really mm. grabbing hold of people's imagination. Um, what was your take on the, the passive income pursuit? um as a kind of general idea or kind of yeah general idea yeah. exactly for you it's like oh what what what's the messages that you've been hearing about passive income mm. yeah i mean so kind of sort of same view it's I, I guess part of the thing with it it's that you know there is a kind of very captivating idea in there isn't there which i think kind of talks you know yes there are specific things around tech and all of that that i guess you know in a way like the kind of four-hour work week and all of those things, they kind of talk to something which, of course, appeals to us at a sort of kind of very sort of deep level, which I think is a kind of feeling. I guess there's a few things going on, isn't there? On the one hand, it's kind of talking to us at a sort of level which a level where we know this kind of constant sort of work chasing thing um, is not a healthy thing. So maybe on some level, there is there is something around the kind of idea of it, which sort of talks to talks to that. But then, of course, on the other level, this, you know, it, it is a um, it was a really kind of pervasive has been a really pervasive idea, you know, earning money while you sleep, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's kind of <laughs> it's the it's the kind of the kind of ultimate sort of uh, kind of money focused transcendence, isn't it? You will now earn money while you sleep. And if you're not earning money while you asleep, you shouldn't be asleep. <laughs> Um, yeah. But yeah, so it's this. I guess in in kind of in in a way, it's like the it's the the kind of sort of the, the sort of spectrum of kind of motivations. On the one hand, there is something maybe kind of sort of uh, kind of uh, wholesome in it, which is this kind of constant chasing for continual work is not 
going to be a kind of good way forward. But then the uh, the kind of other end, this you know starts to kind of grab the you could should even be earning money while you're sleeping uh, idea mm. too. So um, different ways of kind of coming at it a little bit. But yeah, like like you, very pervasive idea uh, that I also was thinking for quite a long time. Oh, this should be the thing that you are aiming to do. It was kind of 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 its time, of the time, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a there's a promise with passive income. There's a promise of freedom, uh, uh, and also I think a promise of something that the tech startup world at the time. You know, I'm thinking now like mid two thousand, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. You know, the sort of tech world is actually finding its feet after the massive bubble at the beginning of the the century, um, and the whole idea of scalable business model. This whole idea is like you get more out, much more out than you put in. Mm. And how that conflicted with or was in, in contrast to someone who is like myself in the agency world that was essentially selling, we were selling our time. And that was the model that we were taught or we we, we picked up. And it's like, oh my God, <laughs> that sounds so much better. <laughs> Mm. than having to like you know in my case like as a developer sometimes working late at night because you need to get a project out and you can essentially you're selling your time and then uh it's quite interesting um looking at profitability as uh revenue per head mm. or mm. not revenue profitability but you know looking at income as revenue but looking as a metric as revenue per head and mm -hmm. then saying oh my god you know when i do add up all my hours and i add up all my revenue and I then do that calculation. This is rubbish. I should work at make, uh, McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's yeah. that about? And so then this promise of, ah, passive income. Mm. Create these things that you just make once and then they <laughs> just sell themselves. Yeah. And, and then actually you just, you know, think about the revenue per head there. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, astronomical. Uh and then that, so that was real, you know, that was an enticing promise. And I think uh, the, the, the part for me that links to this article, so the title of this article was, my life became richer the day I stopped chasing passive income. Mm -hmm. I think the, one of the elements that I would like to talk about or that maybe touch on is, is a creating this judgment around mm -hmm. a business model or a revenue model. If you do this, you are good. If you do this, you are bad. Mm -hmm. which A, I don't think is helpful and speaks to maybe we can touch on the money stories. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing for people listening is maybe also just talking about it from the practical point of pricing and the pricing strategy for passive income. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the premise is whatever revenue model you take, selling your time, you know, products, whatever it is, there is no innate good or bad in it. Yeah. And if you are going to choose the passive income route or the product route, what does that mean in terms of your pricing strategy? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So to take, let's take the first bit about this idea of, um, well, maybe commenting, I don't know, on this article about, oh, if I, once I stopped thinking about passive income, my life was so much better. Mm -hmm. That wasn't mm -hmm. really about passive income, was it? No, that's definitely not about passive income. And, and, and I think, um, when I had first read the article, when uh, Francis shared it, um, yeah, I think my 
my my kind of initial thought I was just kind of looking back was that actually where where the article sort of gets to sort of makes makes more sense to me because because what what the person who's written the article you know as you kind of have kind of sort of say what they're really it kind of really sort of felt to me that you know all of this kind of writing oh I was kind of chasing this I was trying to do that and passive income was the thing that I was doing and everything else then that was kind of important was sort of secondary and blah, blah, blah. And the thing which was the kind of overriding idea, which sort of relates to what we are interested in and what we sort of teach, um, is less about, in the first instance, how you kind of price those things, but more about what your motivation is, which in fairness to the author, that is where the author also kind of gets to in, in the in the article a little bit. But yeah, my overriding feeling when I was reading it before, you know, like, oh, passive income is important. And like like you say, it's not actually that passive income is either right or wrong, actually. The most important thing is what is your motivation? What is it that you want to enjoy doing? Like, you know, as you say, it's not that, you know, it might be that the the kind of the thing which really motivates you and the thing which gives you your energy and the thing, you know, the, the space you most want to inhabit is best engaged with, you, you know, is best kind of bought by clients in a, in a kind of sort of project transaction, which, you know, maybe has some sort of unit of time as its thing. Maybe not. Actually, it's irrelevant. Like you say, it doesn't actually matter what the thing is. The most important thing is like, what's your motivation? What's your orientation? How is it, you know, what is it that you want to be doing? How do you want to be doing it? How does that best kind of inter, in sort of um, meet with what, what clients want and expect? And actually, the more that you spend time in that space, I think I found this a little bit for myself, kind of having kind of dabbled with the idea of kind of passive income because of all of the kind of allure of it, like we're sort of talking about. Actually, the thing that I came to realize is actually, the more that I just spent time in that kind of idea of kind of sweet spot for me that place where I had most motivation I had most most energy and where that motivation and energy best kind of intersected with what clients want the more I spent time in that the more opportunity there was to earn money in respect of the value that I was that I was bringing and it didn't matter really whether that was a passive thing it didn't matter if that was a four-time thing the important thing was the motivation, the, the the orientation. And we talk about this a little bit on the course, the idea of a kind of more money manifesto, which I think is kind of starting to link a little bit with, you know, what is it? What is it that you want to be doing? Why do you want to be doing it? How do you want to be doing it? And then you start to kind of orientate your work behind that a little bit. So, um, mm. yeah, I guess kind of goes specifically back to your question. It's not, a you know, the, the kind of judgment of one being right or wrong is a, is a kind of distraction, I would agree. You know, it's actually you know, it's it's the wrong sort of start point. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And it leads me onto this, and this is a bit of an alliteration bomb for you all there. Is it the model or the motivation that guides you? Because that dictates the metric that you actually think that you use for success. Because in this, and I say the model or the motivation, because what he says, one of the titles is passive income makes you greedy. So what, the way I understand him trying to say that is like, if you take on the model of passive income or you know, product based, it's going to motivate you in a way that you're going to be focused much more on this metric of money. And what you were saying there, actually, if you go in with the motivation to, I don't know, amplify or reach more people, as many people as possible without being limited by the hours in the day, then this, you know, mo this model might be the way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so 
is there a, so the question maybe to you ben is do you think there is a danger that if you do if you go follow the passive income model uh unconsciously or without consideration you end up just looking at numbers on a on a on a dashboard in your mm. in your your um product app <laughs> yeah um well i i think you know the thing which we uh the, the the kind of the the goal that we have the goal that we set out the goal that we commit to is the thing which starts to organize what we do a little bit and so i think if the goal is passive income then the thing which is going to occupy your mind is the is the passive income and that is a money thing if your goal is impact if your goal is um balance of kind of you know a kind of a, a better balance in how you kind of work or, or any of those other things so th the goal i think is an important thing and so it is worthwhile to give time and energy to ensure that the goal that we are working towards is a goal that we really hold that we really do value because i think mm. it is kind of inevitable the thing that we put out there is the thing that we start to measure our progress against and so if it is as crude and a simpler thing as just a kind of financial thing i it's passive income then it will have the effect of kind of uh it will become the lens through which we see lots of things hmm. i think that's really important though that that whole defining the goal defining what it is you're really trying to achieve um forgetting the models and the ways of getting there and i think that's i believe and I'm I'm guilty of this and have been guilty of this, particularly when I was in the agency world, of, of not really defining that authentically, really, truly for myself. Yeah. Uh, and I I remember particularly being in an agency, inheriting the the goal in terms of it was growing the size of the agency. You got know, this whole idea of like, okay, getting to a point where you maximize revenue per head, you might have multiple offices, you, you work on the business rather than in the business, and all of these were hows of getting mm. to this idea of what does it mean to run a successful agency. Yeah. Um, and I resisted that. And I realized now I, I never got that right. I never really managed to delegate correctly or, or maybe build this, the right team, inverted commas, for that model. Is because I still enjoy, I wanted to be doing the work. I didn't want yeah. to be a manager. I didn't want to pull myself out of that feeling, whatever that feeling was, which at the times I didn't, I couldn't articulate. It's like, I just like developing, I like programming. I just want to do programming. In, the, in that case, I think now I just I liked solving problems. I didn't want to be in a place where I'm just telling people what to do. And so without that awareness, I I, I used the model wrong. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, you know, the, the way I'm putting it is like passive income model might be great. But if if you like you said, you got the wrong goal or you're not clear about the goal. Mm. It might substitute whatever thing intention you had before. Passive income just becomes the thing that you're yeah. chasing. Yeah, and that's right, because, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, um, uh, you know, a passive income type product might be a happy byproduct of you kind of being in pursuit of those other things which are kind of more important, because it might be that when you've kind of connected to the thing which actually kind of motivates you, which is doing a certain kind of work for certain kind of people in a certain type of context, that you're kind of doing that work and in the process of doing that work, that, that a kind of a byproduct of that is that you happen to have created something which other people might be able to enjoy, use, benefit from. You know, again, mm. that's kind of great. That's a happy byproduct of you spending time in the kind of work zone that you most wanted to kind of be in. 
But you know, it, again, it's about it's about kind of sequence of motivation, isn't it? Because if you set out to do that, you mm-hmm. create all of the kind of pressure and actually resistance around all of those other things because you were just being a bit limiting and narrow minded on that as your kind of thing. Uh, it becomes the dominant idea. But actually, it's not to say that you know that passive income products don't kind of just bubble up naturally as a happy consequence of you spending time in a kind of work zone that you kind of most most want to be in. It reminds me actually, and this is I, I link it to this conversation we had with Rod Fitzpatrick about writing books, writing nonfiction. Mm-hmm. And the link that I have is like he said he found the most useful thing was to coach one-to-one people uh, on this idea of writing books. And through that process, he learned what worked, what didn't work. And then he got to a point that he could then put that into words that people could just follow on their own, which essentially becomes the book. And so the in, in his case, his goal was always to write the book. But there's also for people out there who who do sell their time, their expertise, there's something there around maybe you want to spread that knowledge to more people and give more people the ability to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. And a passive income model, i.e. a book, a course, is the best way to maximize the impact mm-hmm. without you having to teach every single person. It doesn't stop you from always doing the, the consultancy, the, the training, whatever, the coaching, but then it allows you to add yet another way to help other people that doesn't just involve you meeting everyone. Yeah. And I'm also reminded of the conversation that we were having with uh, David McQueen on the episode uh, last week, where we were we were sort of talking, you know, he was talking about early on in his career around coaching, you know, knowing that there was a, a kind of finite amount of time. His initial thing was, I have 46 weeks because there's kids, come, you know, not in school. So if I have 46 weeks, what does that kind of mean? And, and conversations that you and I have had also kind of taking that down further. I know in terms of how I want to work and who I want to work with, how much time that I have. And so that actually, you know, if I want to be able to have time to, you know, always be learning about kind of new things that are interesting, that are interesting to me. If I want to have time to be able to explore with kind of projects, which are kind of new projects, which don't have obvious kind of income associated to them, then you start to get an idea about, you know, how much money you would kind of need to earn from the, uh, from the kind of money making time that you have. And it's kind of interesting, again, this is all why actually the, 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 the kind of more valuable thing in a sense is being clear about these things. You know, who do I want to work with? How do I want to work with them? These are really important. What kind of impact do I want to have? And then you start to kind of find, you know, the, the kind of creative response to that actually is unconstrained in a way. And that's, you know, that's where we start to get to really kind of valuable work. And it just, again, mm-hmm. reinforcing the point. It might be, to your point around kind of Rob's thinking, that... There is a product which naturally kind of bubbles up, which means more and more people can kind of learn from your expertise. But it's a happy byproduct of you being in your most kind of creative zone. Mm. It makes me, well, that when you were talking there, I popped up in my head that, you know, one of the questions we ask on the happy pricing course is, what will more money buy you? Mm. And what I, I heard you say and uh, and what I want for myself is I want more, I want more time for creative endeavors to explore different things. And then that, that thought then led to this idea of, uh, and bear with me, everyone thinking like a VC Mm -hmm. where you have lots of different bets and most of them won't win. Yeah. Most of them are, you know, it's really hard to know whether they will lead to something that builds revenue, but then you, you double down where you see there's proper traction. 
And there's mm-hmm. there's like you minimize the risk of actually getting a return. So whether that's oh, I'm just going to do my day job because I know it's going to make some money and I'm just going to do it, price it well and think about it better so that then if I maximize the revenue from that, I can then create more time and freedom to do explore other things that then might take over. So, yeah, it's interesting that just that, again, question to help people guide whether passive income is for them or not. Below that is what is it that you really want? What is the goal? And that's mm. also around monetary monetary goals as well as energetic and aspirational goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you want to say anything else on that? Uh, I guess you know, the only sort of small point I was going to say on that, which comes back to you know what the picking up on the thing you're making, what more money buys you. This does start to also get to the money stories thing because. People, when people are exploring that, you know, how much is it that I, you know, you should be earning, could be earning for this kind of time? People, I think, have a habit of kind of knocking that down. Oh, that's too much. I shouldn't be earning that. That's not appropriate. So even before they get into a really kind of constructive endeavor of kind of working out their kind of most creative work in a sense they're also just just to be aware there is a habit there is a tendency to kind of undermine yourself at the point of thinking about that Uh, and so just to kind of be aware of that would be the other uh, kind of invitation definitely yeah i think there's a whole conversation we can have around you know how certain models can be not as effective because of the meaning we put behind the money Mm situation there um before we finish i would like to touch on the kind of the the things that people need to think about or or be conscious of when pricing and Mm -hmm. thinking about a passive income model um because i I, my mind is it's a there's a slightly we talk a lot about conversations Mm -hmm. uh, and so when you're a service-based business being in conversation with your customer really understanding you know what outcomes they want to create and, and and what value that what does that what does value mean to them mm-hmm. that's you know that's quite a organic active experience well when you have passive income you have to set a price at some point mm-hmm. uh but how do you set that price so i don't know if there's something we could leave people with in terms of okay these are the principles in terms of finding the number but then when it comes to passive income how how could they get to that point and i I know someone on our 2020 vision program was asking a question about that Uh, i think he's here avinash around actually there must be a price that we need to to present to people rather than always be in conversation with each individual customer Mm -hmm. Um, and i think the the kind of the the point yes on the course we do talk a lot about conversation and conversation uh, this is going to sound totally stupid. Conversation is, of course, something like this. This is a conversation where you're actually talking to somebody. But the conversation is also just, it's a kind of sort of sequence of uh, kind of um, experiments in some respects, isn't it? So, um, you know, the what is the right kind of price, you know, to the to the point around you, the uh, person who was on, your, on, on the 2020 program, you know, there is never a single, there is never a right price, yeah, or the kind of price is, there is always huge kind of sort of scope and variation. And, and I guess, you know, the answering the what is the right one does also kind of link a little bit to what we're talking about, the motivation thing. If you find that you've created a product which can be, uh, enjoyed by many people as a uh, as an ongoing thing you know what that 
the amount that that needs to be worth to you is kind of worth something quite different to if you are only chasing this idea of kind of passive income products. So, you know, what role the kind of product plays in terms of helping you live your own life is also part of the consideration. In terms of what I'd just say, given that it's not about selling selling a service, I think there has to be a little bit of experimentation with it. Uh, and there has to be some work done on the per on the part of the person who's providing the product to establish the value of it. Because the reason why clients or customers don't buy is they don't, well, assuming that there is some idea that they need the thing that you do, uh, you know, so assuming that there is some idea that your kind of customer or that there are customers who have need for the thing that you do. The where they don't buy, it's because they haven't yet been able to understand how the, the value of the thing that you do, that it is kind of, it is worth the amount they want. So i.e. that the problems that they have, the things that they want solving is met by the thing that you provide. And where somebody says, I can't afford it, really what they mean is you haven't yet demonstrated to me that it is worth it. And so um, there has to be some degree of iteration. There has to be some, to some extent, some kind of experimentation with the pricing of these things. Because you might think, oh, well, the easiest thing to do is I'll just make it very, very cheap. But that doesn't actually make it easier to buy. Uh, because then you are sending a signal, actually, the, the kind of the, the, the value is less. So it does take work. It does take experimentation. You do have to kind of work with your market because things around choice is important. Just offering a single thing doesn't make it easier to buy. Just offering a cheap thing doesn't make it easier to buy. And so the, the point around these questions is not that there is then a simple route to knowing what the figure should be. There isn't a simple route to knowing what the figure should be. There should be experimentation and there has to be the work done on the part of the person who's providing it to establish the value in the mind of the people who will buy it. And that has to kind of be teased out through some idea of conversation, whether the conversation is one on one, as it can be with a service, or whether the conversation is one to a hundred, one to a thousand. There has to be some dialogue. There has to be some, I'm offering this to you and are people responding to it? If they are responding to it, okay, what does that tell me about the assumptions, the hypotheses that I have behind it? And if nobody's responding to it, what does that also tell me about the assumptions and hypotheses I have behind it? So the, the, the idea of conversation can be one-to-one. -one. The idea of conversation can also be one-to-many because we're looking for clues. We're looking for feedback. We're looking for signals back from the market that they understand what we're talking about and the value that we're, we're attributing to it, they agree with. Awesome. And I wanted to add that this is like, or emphasize actually what Ben was saying. I believe this is a very iterative process. Mm. Yeah. And and there's a common, there's two levels of clarity that I believe most entrepreneurs, particularly in our community, are seeking. Clarity as to who is it they want to work with, but also personal clarity. Is this the work I want to do? Mm. Is this really the way I want to work? Because, um, the sort of like underlining what Ben said, how much you charge would also depend on who you're trying to target. And I know there are books on Amazon that cost a hundred to 200 quid. The I'd never buy that. And there are books on Amazon that cost 10 quid and they're on similar topics and similar ideas. But for whatever reason, I'm not going, I'm not going to choose certain books for, uh, for me because of the, the relative value that I have. And, 
and there's that story i think ben was saying is like how do you have that conversation that tells the story of the value and while you can't have it one-to-one -one, i brought to mind like that's what marketing's about mm. this is like what we're doing here what um a tad hargrave talks about you know describe you know talking about your premise what francis and simon are doing with better bolder braver how do you tell the story of your work so that the right people understand really understand the value of the outcomes that you're trying to create when they come when they arrive at the doorstep to to figure out what they can work with you or what they can do with you so even before you've kind of like, particularly with a product business, I think even more important is how you market yourself mm -hmm. and how you present that story of the work you want to do and why you're doing it. Because um, then that, in a sense, uh, you know, is is the conversation that Ben, you're talking about, I think, in terms of like preparing them for, okay, I'm prepared to spend that money because I understand exactly, uh, I, I'm empowered to make a choice. Mm, that makes yeah. sense. And, and, you know, I guess the idea, it's not even that I'm prepared to spend that money. It's I can't afford not to spend that money. Mm. That's when your marketing is worked. Ooh. Oh, man, that sounds like another topic entirely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't afford not to spend the money. That's a link-baity title if I've ever heard it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Ben. Thank uh, you, Carlos. Thank you, thank you everyone, uh, for your Thank you, Marcia. You're here eyes? in the middle of the night. I know. It's amazing. I'm so impressed. <laughs> I'm so grateful. That's. Uh, I hope it isn't like uh, just w woke up with anxiety. <gasps> Gotta wake up. Oh, how do I get back to sleep? <laughs> I listen to Ben and Carlos. That will help me get back to sleep. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Um, uh, nice comment here. Uh, comment here from Avinash. Experimentation around pricing and the work I need to do to establish value in the mind of my customer. Excellent. That's brought Avanash some clarity. I'm glad. I'm glad. One person. <laughs> we have One a little herself. microcosm of clarity. <laughs> exactly. Oh, dear. Not so good for going back to sleep. Oh Sorry, dear. Marcia. Sorry, Marcia. We'll try and be more boring next time. <laughs> <laughs> Great one. Thank you very much, Ben. We're gonna be here. We're gonna try and do this every week now. And it's gonna we be, we're gonna try and keep it half an hour, super focused, find a topic, uh, smash it out, and just keep on this money conversation to help you to help you understand why you should do the happy pricing course. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to help you understand why you can't afford not to spend the money. Exactly. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> we got there. All right, catch you later, Ben. Thank you. Love you all. Take Bye. Care. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to our Waking Up to Money podcast. If you are curious about learning more about pricing happy, then go to our website, happypricing.co, where you can sign up to our newsletter and receive alerts about when the new episodes are coming up and any other happy pricing tips that we put out. You can also go from there to our YouTube channel where you can watch all of our archives of live happy pricing webinars. And if you want to go a step further, you can sign up to our happy pricing course, um, which will be launching in autumn 2021. So go to the site to pre-register or contact myself or Ben. Um, you can get me on carlos at happystartups.co and you can get Ben on ben at 10percentbetter.co. Looking forward to hearing from you.